Yes, sir, we promised you a great man. Oh, Ladies and gentlemen, it is Cheap Heat. Stack Guy Greg will be joining us here in a moment. But uh, I am talking to the almighty WWE champion, Bobby Lashley. Bobby, I guess it's been, I'm trying to remember how long it's been since we talked. You had maybe just become champion last time we we had you on the show. And the run has continued. Um, first of all, I want to start with WrestleMania. Um, tough spot for you. The crowd is absolutely electric. Boom. Here comes the rain delay. They say, they say, uh, hey, they had me, Kayla, and JBL jump back on camera. We had to stall for however long it ends up being, about a half hour. So, yeah. so first and foremost, as I bring in Stack Guy Greg, first and foremost, what was it like just dealing with that, uh, that WrestleMania experience of you think you're about to set off this show where there's been all this hype for over a year, and now all of a sudden there's a weather delay. How awkward was that back and forth for you as a performer? Well, you know what? I, for me, it, re- it wasn't really too much of a problem because they kind of got us ready earlier in the day because we knew something was going on. The, the clouds were building up. The weather forecast didn't look good. But I, I think that everybody was praying and hoping that it was going to happen like i was getting ready i was the first match out there so i knew that if anything the first match was going to go on and we would have did it regardless of anything i think if it was still raining and and they just had to put a camera out there and everybody else had to stay and watch it i think that match would have definitely went on so um i didn't i didn't think that it was going to get shut down so i was i was just staying prepared i was staying ready and and the more they had that delay the more amped up i got because you know how it is when you're getting ready for a big match. You know, you start building, the adrenaline starts going, and, and you start getting all amped up. Well, that delay doesn't just drop you back down because you got to keep coming up and coming up. I said at one point in time, I said, you know what? If we don't get this thing started, me and Drew might just have to fight backstage, and you guys can just bring a camera because that's all we really need. Because um, we're going to do it out there. We're going to do it back here. It really doesn't matter. I mean, so for me, I was, I was staying prepared. I knew that our match was going to happen. Um, and then, last pay-per-view, SGG, I'm surprised to even see you here talking to Bobby Lashley after how he did your man Kofi Kingston. I mean, that's my man, too, oh. but I... Sh- yeah, oh, my goodness. I mean, oh. what was that like, SGG, just watching that? I mean, that must have been... It was a moment. At one point, um, I tried to find the precinct down here. I was in the call of authority. It was getting crazy. <laughs> You know, Bobby, you ignored me. I we I don't know if you heard me when before you went out for your match. 
I was like getting changed and stuff. And I said to Bobby, I was like, yo, how long you got? And, and he didn't answer me. And I was like, oh, he either didn't hear me or he doesn't want me to know. But I was like, I'm very curious to whether I, I had a hunch of how the result would go, Bob. I didn't know, though, it would be so extended. I mean, what was yeah. what were you trying to show the people with with that match with Kofi Kingston? Let me let me put it this way: I either wanted to beat him in under eight seconds, or I wanted to beat him really bad. Eight seconds came by too quick, so I couldn't beat him in eight seconds. But I wanted to beat him really, really bad. And I think that once I took over, I think the crowd was like, "All right, he's going to pick him up this time. Kobe's going to slip behind. He's going to do this. He's going to do that." And I gave him none of it. It's about making a statement. I mean, and 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 it's definitely my time. So. Since I couldn't get the eight seconds to really make a real big statement to just people across the board, I uh, just so to would make you sure say that I beat him up really bad so that, that same statement was was heard? Would you say you were toying with the crowd as much as you were toying with Kofi then? Because I mean, like there were moments where I thought, "All right, this is the big comeback about to come." Not necessarily <laughs> that he would win, but that there would be at least a little bit more offense. A little flurry, yeah. <laughs> right, 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 right. Yeah. And yet it's, you gave it's, him nothing. It's, it's it's me. And I think that's one thing that you can get from me in my matches that there's gonna be a little realism to have. Um so how I wanna I wanna ask this respectfully. Um we the Goldberg the Goldberg match is interesting. Uh, a lot of people have mixed feelings on it, Bobby. Just to be honest, I'm sure you hear it. You got crowds again, so you can hear the crowd. In fact, I heard a surprising amount of people cheering. When you said Goldberg's gonna be done the other night, there were it seemed like there were some people in the WWE universe who said, "Okay, that sounds great." Um, so what do you what do you feel like though? Working with a legend like Goldberg, but we we've now seen matches of his where obviously the man's in his fifties. He's not gonna be at the absolute top of his game. What kind of pressure does it put on you performance wise for for SummerSlam? Uh, well, of course, you know we go out there and want to have good matches. But um, I think that this is one of those matches, kind of like the match with Kofi, that only one of us have to have a good match, and that's me. And I can tell you what, I just did cardio this morning. I'm heading to the gym right after these interviews, and um, I'll be in great shape. So I'll be able to give the crowd everything that they need in that match. So you're not, wor- you're not worried when it comes to the physical part of the whole thing. You're, you can carry this thing just fine. I, it ain't about carrying it. It's only one level of offense. It's the same thing. Like, Kofi didn't have to do anything in the last pay-per-view. Goldberg doesn't have to do anything in this pay-per-view either. (laughs) He just has to show up. And then the whole time when the crowd's like, oh, man, maybe he's going to reverse it in Jackhammer. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. I'm in great shape, so let me tell you, if I have to beat him up for 30 minutes, I can beat him up for 30 minutes. If I can beat him up for an hour, I'll beat him up for an hour. It's whatever it takes. What does what does Bobby Lashley's just because I want to feel bad about myself worse than I already do? What does Bobby Lashley's cardio game look like these days? What's a typical cardio workout for you? Man, I wish I could walk right downstairs to my dining room because I have two treadmills in my dining room. Um, that's what I do. I, I get up and and this morning I did a run walk. So I did um I did walk for a minute, um, jog for two minutes, sprint for two minutes. Sprint for so, two minutes. Yeah. What what number are we talking about on the treadmill when you get to the sprint? Uh, about an eight. Not, not, too, not, too, not to the point that you're on the verge of falling off the treadmill, but you're going. That's, you're a big no, man yeah. running at eight. That's a big man yeah. running. Yeah. Eight, eight to nine, I try to keep it in that range, depending on 
you know, I try to get up to nine, but and then I go back down because I want to keep that tempo going. But um, you're looking at, so I, I usually do it about six to seven for my jog. And then uh, with a little bit of an incline, and then I jump up to like um, eight to nine for a sprint. And then I go back down to one minute walk. And, then and what do you walk at? Up. You walk at like three and a half or something, four? Yeah, about three and a half, four, exactly. And then how long do you do this process for? Until I die. <laughs> <laughs> who else? Who else? Yo, who else has the crazy? Who else has crazy cardio game in the locker room that you see and you're like, yo, like, is there anyone that ever makes you marvel at, at what they can do? Um, you know what? I, I think Seth is one of those guys. Um, he has that CrossFit in him. Yeah, he can go. Um, some guys, some guys just control the pacing, and they can do. They can just have great matches. It just, it's just not a super fast pace. Like as somebody like Randy, you know, that's somebody that I always refer to when I do these interviews, is because Randy's, he's great in the business, and Randy can do a two-hour match if he had to, and probably not break a sweat. And does, um, yeah. and does Randy do a ton of cardio, or is that just built into who he is? Like it's part of his DNA. I, I don't know. I don't know who does what as far as like training. Um, who do you I train with? Is Paul, there anyone Paul, you tra- do you train with Paul. anyone specifically? Um, on the road sometimes MVP's just he's he started to get back into it. He's trying to rehab his knee, and he said um, since we've been doing a lot of tag matches in the live events, he said that he's he's wanting to get back in shape. So we've been hitting a couple workouts there. Um, MVP's a great workout partner. Um, and that's what people don't understand is MVP's not a little dude. Everybody's no. like, oh, MVP's a little dude. Let's go bump nah. around. No, MVP's about 260 pounds. <laughs> yeah. And he just won a world championship in jiu-jitsu last year. <laughs> he's not a punk. <laughs> he doesn't try to tell people that. No. But um, he's, a, he's a great training partner. And um, and then anybody else I can get in there. I know Apollo's been hitting him pretty hard. Apollo, he's in great shape. He's a guy that can go. Bobby Roode's one of those guys that can wrestle a 30-minute match and not break a sweat. Um, there's a lot of guys on there. I mean, we're we're professionals at this level, and, and I think everybody's at that level where they can they can go with no problem. You mentioned MVP. What what really has he meant to you when you think about this version of your career and your other previous iterations in WWE? It's sort of hard, you know. I, I certainly don't want to take any credit away from you. It's also hard to not notice how big an impact he's had, and and I'm just curious to how much he's influenced you, uh, Mike Wise, and things of that nature. What do you credit MVP with? Oh, all the way across the board. I think I think MVP is great. Um, he's a great addition. He was um, when he when he had his 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 Rumble match. Uh, what was it, a year ago? Uh, yeah. Now a year and a half now. Year and a half. Okay, yeah, a year and a half ago when he had that Rumble match, it was kind of one of those deals where he wanted to come back and. And then when they threw him into a segment, they were like, whoa, I didn't know MVP can do that. And it was just like, you, you didn't know this about this guy? Right. Um, no, me and MVP, we, we've been really good friends. And I think it's it's fun to be able to, you know, do big things, make money, and and really, really do something special together as, with, with a friend. But I always say this, it's like sometimes you have to believe in somebody else's belief in you. Mm. And that's one thing that um, MVP was, was that extra belief. And everybody that was in the hurt business, for Sheldon, for Cedric, myself, and uh, we keep running. I mean, we catch a lot of heat. Sometimes, sometimes the crowd kind of turns and they kind of look at, oh man, we want to cheer for Bobby a little bit, but then MVP steps in there and squashes all that and gets us right back to where we need to be. Did, and did let you them know what we're about? Was uh, did the hurt business end too quickly? Did you want the faction to to live on longer? 
Um, of course it did. <laughs> everybody believes it did. I mean, her business yeah. was something special, man. And and I think I think across the board, everybody loved what we were doing. And the good thing that I like about it is that we were showing a different light. You know, there was four black guys. So there's a lot of different ways that we could have went, oh, these guys are thugs, these guys are this, these guys are that. We're none of that. Like all of us have created wealth for ourselves over the years. We've, we've been in this business for a long time and we're professionals. And um, there's no reason that we shouldn't have been looked that way. So that's what we were all about. We were all about some of the kids growing up, some of the minority kids looking up. They can look at us and say, look at those guys, man. We can't clean every time. We're wearing, we're wearing suits to the building. People would see that. It's not just, hey, let's throw it on to get on TV. This is across the board. We kind of kept a level that was really high. And if you look at it now, you see a lot of people kind of, I don't want to say copying the level, but kind of miming it because we kind of brought things up a little bit. You know, if you go to a basketball game, you go out and you watch some of the players walk in, you're going to see those guys with some nice suits on and they're going to be dressed at night. You're going to be like, damn, those guys are superstars. It's the same thing in professional wrestling. We get paid really well for doing what we do. And, um, and we got to show it. We're superstars. We're professionals. We're not just a bunch of thugs out there kicking and punching each other in the ring. We're professionals. Well said. SGG. Now, I want to talk about Goldberg a little bit because I'm sure somewhere in the world he's given an interview just like the one you are talking about how dominant he has been and what he's going to do to you. Why, like, why should people, I believe you say what you're going to do to Goldberg, but why should other people believe it? Like, Because he has been just as dominant as you are. He's lying. If he's saying that he's lying, bottom line, he's lying. And I'm like, by all means, if Goldberg goes out there and wrestles 90% of the roster, he beats him. He beats him bad. But man, I've, I've, I've just done too much in my life up to this point to even have him say the words that he's saying against me and believe him. You know, one of my fights, Goldberg was announcing at one of my fights. I didn't even know until after the fight, he came around and he gave me a big hug. And he was like, man, he looks incredible out there. So we have a lot of the same um, backgrounds. Like he, he's, he's, he's been doing a lot of Muay Thai over the years. So he has a lot of kickboxing experience. But then um, getting into this, I, I, think, I think this is one thing that I can say to him. Man, if, if you're saying that you're going to beat me and you're saying that you have what it takes, put it online. Let's see what you're doing. You know, because if you need me to do it, I'll do it at any point in time. I just finished working out. <laughs> I, Bobby, I don't think better. I don't think you need to prove it at all. I think you're <laughs> think we're good. I mean, he's gonna he's gonna do it at SummerSlam. Yeah, yeah. I, I think my question doing, my question for that is just you said with Kofi you want to do eight seconds or beat him up really bad. Is there is there like an extra goal you have with Goldberg where like you want to show how just much more dominant you are? Are you gonna try to like beat him with a jackhammer? Are you gonna make him tap out? I think for the first time he's ever done that. Are you going to put him to sleep? Every Everybody that I've I've been against in this run, I've, I've really punished him. I punished Drew. I punished Sheamus. I punished Kofi. I punished Riddle. So there's a theme that's going on around, around here, especially with my title run. So Goldberg, it's going to get ugly, man. It's going to get ugly. I mean, he wants to fight, and I know that he said he's wanting to fight because he stood in front of my face and he was spitting in my face the last week when he came over there and telling me he was going to do this and that. So if he wants it, we can go. But I, I, I can guarantee you, 
Um, I like the idea of you putting him to sleep. I think that would be a nice way to <laughs> end. Too. Wouldn't that be a nice way to end his career? Just a nap in the middle of the ring. <laughs> I might put him to sleep, and then I'm gonna, and then I'm gonna wake his ass up, and then really hurt him. I want to hurt people, man. It's a hurt business. We're still alive, man. Uh, <laughs> these guys, it's, it's funny because then these guys look at the roster like, damn it, I gotta fight Bobby today, <laughs> and I get a little chuckle out of it because I just sit back, gotta be quiet. You know, old nice Bob, until I get out there in the ring and I start, like, mangling these dudes. That's the same thing that's going to happen with Goldberg. Has there been one moment of this run where uh, Vince appeared to be, like, happiest? Like, do you have one moment when you that you remember of being like, man, that's when I knew that Vince McMahon was very into what's happening with Bobby Lashley right now? Um, it was, I can't remember the, ex- the exact match. But it, it was a, it was a level of aggression that I had when I was out there. I mean, Kevin Dunn came running and he was like, "Holy shit, man!" Um, <laughs> so you switched gears, and um, and 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 it's 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 different because they see it from me. Because a lot of people see me as just oh Bobby, because I'm always just chill. But when I go into that ring, there has to be a different side of me. And I think when I was wrestling Drew, and Drew stood up, and me and Drew were about to get a pull apart. He was like, holy shit, you know, everybody's looking at me saying, man, what did he do to you? Um, so there's been several different instances before I won the title that everybody was like, this is a different side of Bobby, and it's scary. Well, we're enjoying the hell out of it, and it's one of the very yeah, consistent man. things on, on Raw. Um, it's it's Let's be honest. It's the segment everyone looks forward to on Raw is the MVP Bobby Lashley segment. That's... <laughs> That is the best thing happening on on Monday night. So, uh, good luck at SummerSlam. I'll see you there, and it's always a pleasure catching up, bud. Thank you. Not that he needs it. I'm going to wish him luck as well. Yeah, he doesn't need it, but that's just a nice thing to do, SGG. All right, peace, Bob. (laughs) Right on, guys. See you guys. There he is, Bobby Lashley. Um, You can see him at SummerSlam on Peacock. SGG, how you doing? I'm doing great. Um, Always great when you start start your day with the champ. Oh, yeah, and by the way, speaking of champions and, and large, dangerous men. Oh, my goodness. There he is. Dip, you're replacing Bobby Lashley. How does it feel? He bailed? We, ju- we just, oh, look at that beautiful new cut you have, by the way. Thank you. Did I, I miss Bobby? Yeah, we, we, we just wrapped with Bobby. Um, SGG, I believe SGG is going to, SGG may win a Pulitzer in journalism for his last question, which was, well, it was basically just how bad are you going to kick Goldberg's ass? That was basically the theme of the question. <laughs> yeah. Here's what, here's what I wanted to do with Bobby. I, I'm, I'm sorry that I missed him, but, uh, I wanted to, uh, have Bobby recite the mourner's Kaddish for Goldberg. Yid Kadal, Yid Kadash, Amen. Amen. I think having Lashley repeat the Mourner's Kaddish with us would have been gold. <laughs> so I'm sorry I didn't tell you that I was that I had Lashley on. This came up kind of last minute for hot, and then I just kept him on for a few extra minutes. Bobby Lashley well, doing the Mourner's Kaddish is very mage, but we can do it afterwards too. Yeah, we could all get. We, to, we have to get a minion though. Well, I'll have to get ten people on here. On StreamYard. By the way, what do you guys think of this StreamYard operation instead of Zoom? It's nice. Love it. I don't think that we would um, 
have trouble getting 13 Jewish marks to uh, join us. And by the way, most of them happy to say goodbye <laughs> oh, to Goldberg. Ten, ten. Uh, yeah, uh, what do you mean? Um, uh, you don't know. You don't remember uh, how many Jews you need is, is in there, a minion? A minion's 30. 10. No, 10. 10. It's 10. It's 10. Oh, my God. What do you want from me? I, what, what, do you, what do you want? <laughs> wow. Wow. Well, 13's bar mitzvah dip. We'll get there. I, that I know. <laughs> we'll get there. We'll figure it all out. Um, anyway, so that was Bobby Lashley. SGG, is there anything big going on outside the ring? We only we have Dip for a limited time today. Um, he's got lots of meetings. First of all, Dip, do you want to you you said you believe my beard is in a better place than it was last week? Yeah, I, I, it it looks more defined. The the um the soul patch is looking cleaner. Oh yeah, it's, and, a, it's a clean um, soul patch confirmed. It's just a much more defined beard, which is what the issue was, was that it was just kind of stringy and you let it go, basically. So now I'm much happier with it, and I think you're a beautiful, gorgeous man. <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> um, all right, well, that's that was big outside the ring news. Anything else, SGG? Because my beard is pretty <laughs> yeah. big. There were a ton of NXT releases announced. Oh, um, my God, I forgot. Smackdown Speaking of Warner's Scottish. As SmackDown was on the air last Friday, um, Several NXT talents were released. Um, I'm trying to find the list now, but it, it included former uh, NXT North American champion Bronson Reed, who um, it was recently being reported that he was having dark matches on the main roster on Monday Night Raw. So people were looking forward to him actually coming up. Uh, Leon Ruff, who's also a former NXT North American champion. Mercedes Martinez. Wait, Leon Ruff is already gone? Leon yeah. Ruff is already we gone. We just met him. Yeah, Tyler Tyler Rust, who debuted in uh, Malcolm Bivens' new faction, The Diamond Mine, and Bobby Fish, who was uh, one a one-fourth, one-third, and then one-fourth of the Undisputed Era, Adam Cole's um, mage faction in NXT, among others. Wait for it, Tip. I'll fast forward. What? A, it's all instrumental. It's instrumental. Hold on. Let's try yeah. again. <laughs> hey, wait for you to freestyle over that. It's not easy to find Jewish songs on YouTube. Oh, here we go. Let's try this. This is like a very reformed cantor. <laughs> oh, this is the reformed happy mourners Kaddish of the millennium. <laughs> it's SGG, as you can imagine, the mourners Kaddish is supposed to be very dark and sad. Well, that second one was definitely way more up. That was for kids than the first one. All right, here's a Hasidic. That was one. the kids' bot? That was the kids' bot mourners that was Kaddish? The- See how this one goes. Closer. Still upbeat, though. I feel like you got to sample this for the next um, the next album. Well, either way, that's that's an advance really, for Goldberg. Two needs that that's an advance for Goldberg, the Mourner's Cottage. And wow, guys, Bob, Bobby Fish surprise you? No. Yes. Not a, why? How does Bobby <laughs> Fish surprise you? Because, first of all, I feel like he was a little bit protected, at least, you know, with the Undisputed Era connection. But then also, it's he's fun. somebody they could have they definitely used backstage. Ah, uh, whatever. Sure. 
Okay, so so okay, they they fire they would fire him from the ring, but he's someone you could use backstage. So there's your answer. Well, you mean that says all you need to know? I don't think any of them are that surprising. I got to be honest with you. I'm not happy about Bronson them. Reed. I, I is like that surprising? How about Bronson Reed? How about Bronson Reed? Hmm. I'm. St- I, I. No, it's not that surprising to me. Because no. I, I again, I like Bronson Reed. I wish him all the best. Well, and in fact, you know what I've heard about him? He's a great guy. Great guy. I made that up. A lot of these guys are great guys. Of course they are. I want a few of them not to be such great guys so that we don't have to describe every single person as such a great guy. I, I you know, I'm sure there's some not so terrible guys, but we we you know, we can't we can't call it anyone on the pod. But um <laughs> I'm I'm starting to see a pattern with a lot of these things. I I feel like if they're not seeing them as stars in the first couple years, I think this has actually somewhat been reported. But if they're not seeing these people as stars, they're getting rid of them, and that's that. They're not letting them linger and paying them salaries or letting them suffer on the bench of NXT specifically. Right. And that's sort of what, uh, of course, with the exception of the few stars that they let go on the on the main roster, which are shocking, obviously. Um, a lot of these NXT things are. I thought Kona Reeves was a star. I gotta be honest. I did too. I thought he. I thought he had potential for sure. Um, um, so his... I'm watching. Um, I, I, not to not to change subjects. Here we go. So quick, but I, I'm watching. I must have fallen asleep watching an old Raw. I've been like on a 94, 95 Raw kick. Oh, that's interesting. Okay. It's a, it's a, it's a great kick. It's one of the great kicks. It's it's a great. I've, it's weird because I've been on a 2002 SmackDown kick. So that's a very interesting. Oh, that's an interesting. Yeah, yeah, kick. very interesting kick. kick. I, I remember the 2002 that that kick, but this is this is a kick, and uh, T.L. Hopper is on the screen, who was uh, had a short-lived run as the wrestling plumber. I don't know if you recall. No, you know, we got a plumber. I do not. I we got a repo yeah, man. So a goon. When I was falling asleep as well, the goon. We, oh, the goon. The we goon. got a goon. The oh, yeah, goon, hell of a player, by the way. Hell of a hockey. There guy. was a plumber, and he had vignettes. A plumber he had, was plumbing and plumbing. He was plumbing and plumbing. Well, that's very, very big. Um, SGG, what else is going on outside the ring besides this? Uh, and by the way, I don't, it's not like I don't want to give the proper time to these NXT talents. It's just the amount of releases we're inundated with every week. It's like that would be the entire show. He's just talking about releases. That, yeah, it was, it was like 10 of them on SmackDown. Out of all of them, out of all the releases, I thought Kona Reeves was, was the star in that group. But he never got a chance. He's been around forever. All right, he so- had a lot of potential. I, I would agree with you on that one. But then um, it was also being reported that there's a bidding war for Adam Cole going on right now, that his contract actually ended last month. And he agreed to a short extension so that he could finish his program with Kyle O'Reilly, and he's being courted by both AEW and WWE. And according to the rumor, WWE offered Adam Cole a – million dollar contract that's just like base salary one million dollars per year um which i'm sure doesn't include bonuses from you know merch and action figures and and those those deals like that so wait who offered that deal wwe Hmm. i I gotta say good for adam cole he deserves it a thousand percent yep he is such a mage wrestler well and also how about how about the good news? If in fact that's real, that WWE recognized that he would hurt to lose, even if you don't know what he's going to be in WWE. I just appreciate that they recognize we can't lose Adam Cole to AEW. 
Yeah. No. And honestly, of everyone that they they lost so far, Adam Cole hurts the most to lose because he's he's still relatively young and he is he is white hot. So while everybody else they can cash in on the nostalgia and how many more years that they have left and like this victory lap, Adam Cole is still on the rise and then you get the victory laps and and the nostalgia and all of that after another 10 years. It's so years? crazy. It's you know, flashback to a couple of years ago. Had they not, it's just so crazy. Had they not broken up Undisputed Era, yep. had them yep. do and you know a a uh, Nexus or you know to the extreme Nexus an adjacent. NWO type invasion angle in WWE, they already all of them, in my opinion, including Bobby Fish, would have been giant stars or at least that faction would have been for a couple of years and up until now a huge entity in WWE. Now we're talking about who's bidding on who, who's being released, who's, uh, you know, is Kyle O'Reilly an actual star? Bobby Fish is gone. Um, Adam Cole could leave and, and the, the, the company because of a bidding war. It's just crazy to me that, that um, like, it, it it dissolved the the hottest angle in NXT for a very long period of time, dissolved into uncertainty I and, know, and anguish. I think Vince sort of tipped his hand on that investors investors call a couple of weeks ago too with these releases. Is that like he doesn't believe that AEW is gonna, can use all these people well enough to to really beat them or really hurt them, which. It's a gamble that worked out for him in the past. It has. But, I mean, it's a dangerous game to play with a guy like Adam Cole. You know, Booker T said this week that um, it was just a Rajah headline. I didn't really dig too deep into it. But, like, AEW can't just keep bringing these people in without a plan for them. And I totally agree with that. Um, Yeah. It it is, especially as as there are more and more and more of them. It's like. I I, got to tell you, though, I watched last night. uh, What 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 are your thoughts? I watched last night, not the whole show. I watched about half of the show and whatever the arena they were in last night in Pittsburgh, it, it just made it, it made it feel like a big show. Yeah. It just, it, they're, they're, I think when they're at Delhi's place, I know Delhi's place is a kind of a small, weird arena, but like when they have the crowd, like in the back of the ring where it's like, it looks like an overhang and then they have the little platform, it makes the show way smaller. But when they are in a regular arena that looks when the crowd is full, I mean, it looks like a big show. It looks like a big show. It is a big show confirmed. So, and the pops, I mean, I got to tell you, the crowd is energized. There's a million signs. Everyone pops for everyone. I'm not saying it could last forever, but I'm just saying it, it just feels like the, like the fan base is just on fire. They are because they're definitely more excited for things than I am. Sometimes I turn it on, there's a match on. I'm like, I don't even know how you people are excited for this. I but. mean, Christian got a huge pop last night. And and the 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 um. Meanwhile, you you love AEW, and you wouldn't pop for Christian if he walked into your living room to to ask for a snack. I know, but last night he's he's gonna <laughs> wrestle Kenny Omega at all out, and it just felt like the promo felt like a big promo to start the show. I agree. After the first. I agree. I agree. There 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 are like a big moment. I know, and it really shouldn't be. It, you, you'd actually think it's not the big moment. Everyone thought the big moment was going to be Hangman and Kenny Omega, and for some reason now we're getting that delayed till God knows when. And yet the Christian thing feels meaningful, and it, it and they're making it feel big. And what I suspect is the case, unless they're saving it 
for, um, you know, um, Cody coming back, but I, I think he'll continue his program with Alistair Black, is I think they're using Christian as a placeholder for CM Punk. And so it's like, God damn, if Christian's already popping, if they're if the and he's a placeholder for, for CM Punk. Omega. If Kenny Omega beats Christian for the title, which he will, and all of a sudden the the challenger at the end of that match, that music hits, (laughs) dude, it's going, you're going to have to, there's going to have to be like uh, sound barriers. It's, let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. First of all, is this, is this what we think is going to happen is, do we believe it will actually be this? Because the beauty is WWE, WWE, WWE doesn't own cult of personality. They just got I, you think when they're paying CM Punk a gajillion dollars, he can't work into his deal. By the way, I need you to pay for cult of personality again. I think it'll be paid for. So it's the only song that they could use for CM Punk. And, and, and it's going to be and it means he's the only person who shows up with his actual everything. He has his name. He'll show up as his name and his music? Because yeah. Daniel because Daniel Bryan will come back with Brian Danielson. And and yeah. they could rework the music. They could rework the his music very easily like, if they wanted to. Yeah. That that is true. Nah, whatever. But it, it's Kawhi not the same it. exact music with the same exact guy. And the his music wasn't nearly as over. Bryan. Yeah. Daniel Bryan's music never meant as much as just the yes chance did. Um, it meant something. They're gonna keep. They're gonna keep the yes. Chance. Yeah, you can't. You can't. You can't own yes chance. What else, SGG? What else happening in the world of professional wrestling as we know it today? That was it. Those were the two big things: the releases and the bidding war for Adam Cole. Which um, at a million dollars, I won't say it's getting out of hand. But like you said, good for him. He definitely deserves. I want him every to penny. get that guapolade. I don't understand how this is taking this long. I don't know why it's, this has been so complicated. By the way, everyone can relax and feel better. Carrying Cross has gotten a win back on Jeff Hardy. Right. Thank God. I was very worried about uh, Carrying Cross. And people are really, I really seem to disagree with people on this. Like, it's like a really, it's a, it's a really like fundamental difference in how people view things. Like, they write, people write me and say, like, don't you understand how storytelling works? And my feeling is like, but you didn't even wait to see what the story was. Exactly. And that's the that's the frustrating thing about it is like in the opening moments of what could have been a great story for Karrion Cross, we'll have no idea. People threw a tantrum, cut the legs out from under it. W, he got his win back on Jeff Hardy. Now, maybe they have accelerated the story or maybe they're just going to move on from it. But the story is not the same. And then when people lose interest in him in a few months or whatever it is, it'll be because they never got a chance to get interested in him in the first place. <laughs> because a story like this could have done it, but we'll never know. Hold on one sec, guys. Let's do this. Because next week we'll preview SummerSlam. Hold on real quick. Did, did you, just popping into my head. Go ahead. Pop see, in. Did you see that Dante Garcia guy? Last night? No. That kid, the twenty-year-old kid that wrestled in the Kenny Omega match? No. No. Oh. Although I did watch some of that match. He was Was that good? Bad? Incredible. This guy, SUG, you would appreciate it. I mean, the wrestling was This was the opening match? 
Yeah. He was the 20-year-old kid on the other team. Um, you, you, the kid with all the with all the, the high spots? There were, but there were high spots galore because the other dudes were in that match too. Who, who was in that? The side else? He's just really young. Anyway, I just want – that kid is – that you need to go back and watch that sequence that he did with Kenny. It was insane. Um, the and, Just to give you the exact match uh, information from last night – it was the Young Bucks and Kenny versus the Seidel brothers and Dante Martin. Dante Martin. Dante. I don't know why I said Garcia. Dante Martin. Damn. I mean, it was, woof. It was, that's, that's wrestling right there. Modern wrestling. It was crazy. Are I mean, you, the are, crowd was going insane. Are you confusing because Darby Allen had a match with Daniel Garcia? Yes. There you go. <laughs> is Daniel Garcia at least also a mage? Yeah, he is. Okay. And by the way, um, you know, Andrew Goldstein, Andrew Goldstein's text last night to the group, and we know that, you know, me and Andrew's texts are always, they're, they're, there's a lot of problems there. It's, it's war. It's, it's war. There's a lot of issues there. But like when, when he texts like, God, Darby Allen weighing at 170 pounds, how can you ever announce that at a wrestling promotion? It's like, okay, Vince, relax, dude. I mean, there is room in wrestling for dudes who weigh 170 pounds. If it's your I mean, whole, I mean they... Of course. They could have got a, they could have bumped him up to like 195. He he that would Who the care. hell would know the But by the way, who, who the hell would know the difference? Who cares? Who cares? Number 1 who cares? Who Number 2 him being small is kind of part of what his deal is. Number 3 I got to tell you, you've ever seen Darby Allen? I would never believe he was 195. <laughs> it would be that would be more that would be less <laughs> yeah, realistic than when uh, when when Hulk Hogan says Andre weighed 900 pounds when he slammed him, okay? I Hold on. Yeah. It's unbelievable. Yeah. I, before you get to the mailbag, and I have to go in a second, but I will tell you that I, I, I will I will make the statement right now. This is big. Stop, stop yourself. Stop yourself, everyone. Something big's happening. Hold on. Matt Riddle is the biggest star in wrestling. Yeah, you stop yourself, <laughs> Matt Riddle. Yep, the, he is the hottest. Th- he's the hottest thing in wrestling right now. Dip, hot galore. Why are you he's saying? The- you think the crowd that reacts is, to him that strongly? I think, I think he is the most over right now of anyone. What? He's more over. He's more. He's more over than anyone. Well, am, as, I, am, I, am I missing something? Uh, let me think. Let me think. Let me think. Think about uh, it. Let me think if that's a reasonable. It's really hard to say because the most mage guys in WWE are all heels. Exactly. So that part makes it very hard to say what's more quote over. He is most over as a face. Okay, Riddle right. is the Riddle is Riddle the most over good guy in all of WWE. All right, we got to the core of it. Yes, that's it. He is the most over good guy in WWE. Yes, SUG, do you disagree with that? I'm trying to run down the list. I mean, he's he's close to the top. I'll give you that. He's close to the top. I he's mean, above you, Drew. He's above Drew McIntyre. And by the way, I, I and for the record, give you that Drew McIntyre. Well, hold thank on. God they put him where he deserves to be right now. But you know what's in funny? Card with with a mage person, Jinder Mahal. But I'll tell you what, Drew. Drew is a little more over with the live crowd than I expected. But probably because he's in the mid card, not being forced down people's throats. It, it it does help that he has the three two one Claymore joint going, and that he was a former champ that everybody. Probably couldn't wait to see while while we were I you know I have doing a, the Thunderdome thing. I wish that Jinder's character was like just turned down one little notch. I feel like Jinder's general yeah. portrayal is a little cartoonish. It is, but that's I think that's his skill level is that's that's like his best he can do. do but is that it, or do we know that? Yeah. 
Well, how do we know? No. Because yeah, from think the second, it. I surmise. Yeah, but, no, that's that's a terrible assumption. No offense, because since the second he was made mage, they made his character. You know, the modern day Maharaja, and like they which is a great character, by the way, which was great, but it was leaned into so much that there's almost no nuance to the character. It's like very over the top. He is the big, strong Indian guy. And that's it, almost. So now when you see him, it looks on some level like a video game character that was given no nuance. They're just like, here's, yeah. here's the Indian guy. Like, He's scared yeah, well, they, all the time. He looks they, scared all the time. They killed the nuance to keep the crowd comfortable, honestly, because if you remember when he was champ, he would come out for a few weeks and like just straight up call, call the crowd racist. Like you guys hate me because I'm different and I'm succeeding and you're right. And then well, but also, but hold on, I, I, you could argue it's the exact opposite. That's what made well, them messed up because if if the only thing that makes his character anything is that he's Indian, but he's clearly a bad guy, and then the crowd boos. It's like, well, you hate me because I'm Indian, and he's and he's ostensibly correct. But if the character had nuance and actually said some things, you could have other reasons to hate a bad guy. You know what I'm saying? Well, right. That, but that's the thing, though. Like they lean, they made it a little bit more basic because then they even took that away from him when they had him be racist towards Nakamura, and then after that, he was just like, "Great, great gear, great look, great music, and everything." But when it was time to put the mic in his hand, he said generic bad guy stuff that anybody could say. I could have said it. You could have said it. Somebody in like. Well then, may, listen. Black maybe Trump's Dipperstein's said it. maybe Dipperstein's right, but whoever it is, I don't know gender's level of um, ability. I'm a big fan. Don't don't. I'm not selling. No, 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 no. I know you're not. I know you enjoy him like as a wrestler, and, and you think he looks like a wrestler, and he's good in the ring, and all that. We don't yeah. know the level to which he could get to. There's one. There's one thing to grab a mic and be generic bad guy. There's another thing to be what Roman's being right now. And who's capable of doing that? We don't know until you see it. Frankly, who knew? No one knew Roman was one hundred percent capable of it till they saw it. I have to is go. That for, is that fresh? I want to say one thing before I go. Okay. I think I've seen you wear that shirt before. But is Lucky Charms your your favorite Repug cereal? It's a great question by you. And Mupug. it's everybody's right. Is it your favorite Mupug cereal? Yeah, it's Mupug confirmed. First of all, two things. One, I this used to be my. Um, my shirt in high school. I wore this shirt all the time. It was like my calling card, and Interesting. and it was a very. Uh, there was a dude. I I went to a um, I went to a record store. Let's see if Dip let lets me tell the story without it seeming offensive. I went to a record store in Dupont Circle in D.C. Um, called Twelve Inch Dance. Dupont Circle is the gay neighborhood of D.C. Still is. I'm sure there's now more and it's extended, but back in the day, it was certainly like. DuPont Circles, the gay spot, and had the record stores. And in that spot, there was a dude who worked there who every time he'd see me, he was um I mean, this is this is this, this is this, this is where you get to This the is line. where this you is can't where you I, this is line. where I don't know how to tell stories in twenty twenty one. And I've told this story so many times, very affectionately and lovingly. But I don't know how to describe the person anymore in a way that doesn't sound iffy. I'll just say so this. Don't. I'll just say this. Whenever he'd see me, no matter whether I was wearing this shirt or not, he would just go, what's up, Lucky Charms? Every time he saw me, I was Lucky Charms. 
That was my nickname. It was amazing. So <laughs> that's awesome. All these years later, Natalie heard Natalie saw pictures of me wearing this shirt and heard me talking about it, and she bought the vintage. This is from then. She went back and bought me another one. Oh, um, nice. what a major yeah. move! Yeah, very major move. I would say that uh, there's nothing like a golden gram. Oof, and that. There's nothing like a golden gram. Oh, no, no. Here's the here's the take of all takes. Golden grams is not my favorite cereal. However, the milk that it leaves is the most oh. delicious leftover milk in the business today. It's the best leftover I, I, milk in the biz today. I can agree with that. <laughs> right, SGG? In the cereal industry. I, I can agree with that. Because when you said golden grams, I was like, uh. But that milk at the end? Give the nod to the golden grams. It's a must drink. It's a must drink. It's a must drink. <laughs> you can't, I, if you leave <laughs> over golden gram milk, no. there's something turn going yourself in, Turn yourself into the authority. Yeah, no. Yeah. Yeah, I, would say, I would say the top leftover uh, cereal milk are golden gram milk and Cocoa Crispy milk, obviously, which is chocolate milk. A delicious chocolate milk after Cocoa yeah, Crispy. Yeah, or Cocoa Puffs. Yeah, I'm not a yeah, big Cocoa Puff Cocoa guy. Crispy milk is made as well. I'm not that's a Cocoa. That's, 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 that's I, I'm way more Cocoa Crispy than Cocoa Puff. I agree. Um, Fruity Pebbles has left. By the way, as well. Fruity Pebbles Fruity has a Pebbles. delicious, a, a candy-like delicious leftover. Yeah, what about Fruity Pebbles? I mean, we, you, you can't talk about Fruity Cereal without having a conversation about tricks. <laughs> tricks is not. <laughs> I'm gonna tell you, you know what? Tricks is Fruity Pebbles at Jays. Confirmed. It is. Confirmed. Tricks is Fruity Pebbles. Mission of Fruity Pebbles a <laughs> And by the way, how about this? Keep going. Cocoa Puffs, Cocoa Krispies a Jays. It's, uh, absolutely. It's, it's not as good as yeah. Cocoa Krispies. Uh, not even close. No. I, no. I, and by the way, you want to know what's a Jace to everything because it's just repug and has no taste? The lying, appealing to kids, then you taste it repug cereal of the cinch. Kicks, nothing in kicks. Oh my yeah. god! No. I saw oh it was my the goodness. last bo- little. You know, the, when it came in the little boxes, it yeah. was the last one left every single time. Yeah, uh, yeah. Kicks it has is a, a perfect joke. name because that's exactly what you do with it. You give it a kick, <laughs> kick you get it out the kitchen. Kick, kick rocks. It is a joke. All right. Yeah, please. Uh, Dip, do you have to go here? Oh yeah. All right. Goodbye. We're gonna start the mailbag here. Unless there's some great piece of Dipperstein mail. Or oh, something. Unless there's Dipperstein mail. Let's see. <laughs> yeah, there the first one is from John, who who's writing to yell at me from something a few weeks ago, m- 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 which was m- when m- I said m- on mail. the podcast, I was talking about how great Terry Funk was, but talked about how he was never the number one star in any promotion. And he's mad at me because at the NWA, he was the NWA champion for 14 months from 75 to 76 when being the champ actually meant something. Um, however, I would have to ask... You know, here's the thing, John. Being NWA champion means you're overall determined to be the most mage. It doesn't work against my argument, though. It doesn't make you the most mage in any one promotion. That's not how NWA champion works. It means that you're seen to be the most overall mage across everything. But that didn't make him... (laughs) That didn't make him... More mage than whoever was over in seventy five, seventy six in each one of those territories. Now I'm sure in 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 Amarillo. <laughs> what a contortion! This is this. I'm proud of you, Pete. Wait, that's contorting. Is that contorting? Yes. Hold on. Yes. Hold on. Let me let me, exp- let me explain this very simply. When Ric Flair was champion, mm-hmm. he wasn't the most mage person in Texas. 
he would go take on the most mage person in Texas, i.e. the Von Erichs. So Ric Flair would go have a match with Kerry Von Erich. But that didn't mean that he was the... Now, Ric Flair did happen to be the face of a couple of territories, Jim Crockett Promotions, North Carolina, et cetera, et cetera. But and just, he was also the mageist of the mage, so I don't know if Ric Flair is the guy you want to use. Okay, but argument. you could say any example you want, though. When Harley Race was champion, so long, Dip. When Harley Race was champion, Har- Harley Race may have been the most mage person in Kansas City, but when he went to Crockett to have a match in North Carolina... That didn't mean he was the most mage guy there. So my point is that I don't know enough. Maybe whatever Terry was doing um, in Texas, there were multiple multiple promotions in which he was the face of said promotion, like an Amarillo, but uh, or, or he was for Bill Watts. I, I don't know. I just I was speaking more nationally though, SGG. First of all, so he yeah, was actually uh, he obviously was, you are he was being a little bit more Captain Literal man. I'm talking about Terry Funk as a guy who could have been on your Mount Rushmore in, in spite of the fact that he was never the face of Jim Crockett or WCW as we know it, never the face of WWF. That's essentially what I meant. And in fact, and let's be honest too, at at 14 months, that means that he wasn't the face of the NWA either. Because, you know, even even Dusty doesn't have a long enough championship reign with the NWA world titles to be like he was the face of NWA. You think of you think of a Harley race, you think of a Ric Flair, you think of, you know, Luthez, those guys who held it for years and years, 14 months at that time it was a blip. That's a fair point. And by no the way, disrespect, and, and remember, none of this was meant as disrespect. This was all coming out of full respect to to Terry Funk, <laughs> right. who I think is a god. Right. I just meant that I never thought of him as being one place's face, except maybe in you know his first. Let me let me look. By the way, let me let me not mess this up. This is important. I don't want to be an animal. Um, the order of places he went. Um, God, he's probably had so many. NWA Western he was States, everywhere. Western States Wrestling in Amarillo, Texas. So that was Dory's promotion. So of course he was the man there. Um, then he did NWA Championship Wrestling from Florida, where he was one of the big guys. He did spend a lot of time in Japan, and then starting in '85, he was in WWF quickly. WCW in '89 and in '90. So yeah, in in Amarillo gigantic and i'm sure in florida also gigantic was he ever the face of anything besides western state sports promotion in amarillo i don't know and someone who's more knowledgeable could of course uh, tell us but sgg let's keep going with some more mail shall we mail give peter the book eric says holy ish the idea of cena showing up to roman's elders to get the match with roman and then his response and everything damn i mean damn First legit goosebumps I've ever had with fantasy booking. Thanks, Eric. It was perfect. I mean, what what else can you say about that? It was I, perfect. I saw it. I saw it. It went over with you guys like gangbusters. I could tell. Um, someone said this is from Nathan. Mail guys, look at Baron Corbin's Facebook pick. It's such low quality. Can't can't even afford a decent pick. I have not seen that. I'm not on Facebook. Very funny though. I love Baron Corbin's character right now. I, I really do. He's doing great character work. Oh, I'm enjoying Baron Corbin quite a bit. The Broke Baron is 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 one of the best characters yeah, the, right the, now. The, the, the most interesting thing about Broke Down Baron for me is going to be the decision of where they go with it. You know, how you build it and continue to get more out of it. That's, that's what I'm most curious about with Baron Corbin. 
I feel like it, it could be building towards a face turn, but at the same time, doesn't have to. I'm enjoying it. Does not. I'm enjoying that he's so broke that now he's becoming dastardly because he's so desperate, but also that like he's still he's still a terrible person. So nobody cares. How although broke he although is. I will nobody say one thing, I don't like SGG. I don't like that it's become like let's let's just have the biggest baby faces in the company beat him up. I don't think it's that baby faceish a thing to do. Um, but but it's it's warranted though, right? Because I mean, Cena reached into his pocket and gave him what he had, and not a thank you came out. No, listen, you're you're not wrong. You're not wrong. He but, asked the, he asked Drew for a hundred thousand dollars. No, listen, I said, hear, I know you got it. <laughs> listen, you're not wrong, but here's my problem. Just because the homeless guy on the street says, "Yo, man, can I get some money?" and you're like, "Here's a dollar," and he goes, "A dollar, man, f you," that happens in real life. That still would, that still wouldn't make you right to punch the homeless guy in the face. It's still not the move. And I, it's true. But, I just don't think it's, it's your, the ultimate it's good co- guy thing to do. If it's your coworker who maybe just doesn't have have the bread right now, fair. And then you hold him down, and he's like, "What?" Like he's down you after after your good deed. That you know what? That's a very very good point. Uh, let's hear from. Corbin's not homeless yet. Sarah, who says, quick realization I had during this week's uh, Patreon one ep. Your R&B voice and your Cantor voice are the same. It's a very good point. <laughs> it is similar. <laughs> I don't have a lot of uh, a lot of range there. Let's go to mail. Jason, who says, what's up, sweet, sweet Pete Rosenberg? Just wanted, or Peter Rosenberg. Just wanted to give you a heads up per your pod. I'm planning to be at the cheap heat and greet at Palace Station. For some hot cakes and hot takes. From hot cakes and hot takes is hilarious. From SGG. <laughs> um, could be two of us or up to four, but don't worry. They're all great guys. Can't wait to talk a bit of real night with you and the dip. I don't know what he means. A, a bit of real night? Did he confuse? Real night? Did he mean real late? But see, he said the dip, though. So but now he said I with the know. dip, so why would it be real? Stay mage. Anyways, for a lot of people, first of all, can't wait to see you, Jason. And let me just explain this because I've gotten a little bit of confusion from people who are planning on going out there. Let me be clear about this event for some of you who may not follow Ted, a.k.a. at Wrestling for Sale. Um, let me look at the last one he posted. Okay, so here's the information. Tailgate Social, Las Vegas, all right? It's at the Palace Station Hotel. So you can look them up on on IG if it's easier for you. Tailgate Social LV. All right? Um, And you can just look up Tailgate Social wherever. And the casino is Palace Station. Okay? It's all five minutes from the strip. So don't make it – I don't want you to think of it as more complicated than it is. Palace Station's a casino right nearby. It's just not one of the huge ones, but it's very nice. And this place, Tailgate Social, is a bar inside. The event is from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m., but just to be clear, the appearance of the cheap heat people, most notably me, will be 10 a.m. on the dot to 11 a.m. Why are you most notably? Because I'm I'm saying because I have to leave at 11. Maybe SGG oh, yeah, yeah, ends yeah, up kicking it longer for a couple of beers. <laughs> You just thought I was disrespecting the hell out of you. 
No, no. What I, I mean me is, and Dip, I thought me and Dip got the elbow drop just now. No, no. Meaning, if, meaning, I'm sure if you and Dip are having a great time, you might post up, have lunch, kick it with people. But I just got to be out. I'd say by 11 because, let's see, Summer Slams at eight. Let's assume it's an hour regular kickoff show. That's seven, so it starts at four. So I got to yeah. leave at like 11. Maybe I could stay till 11.30 latest to get to the building by noon because, you know, you, I have to, you know what you have to do in the world of wrestling. You got an early call time. You yeah. have to don't, just. Don't give away too much secrets. You have to just <laughs> you be. You got to be there. Well, let me just give you a secret. You just have to be at the building. <laughs> That's it. You just have to be there all day. <laughs> we got to go to the, to the catering. Uh, yeah, oh, come on. I got to get, I got to, you know, I'm going to have to get this beard, right? So yeah, I'm, you got this, this lineup's going to have to be redone. Um, so there's a lot to do. So, but that is the event. 10 a.m. at Tailgate Social in Las Vegas. And there was originally going to be a, a ticket price. I wiped it all out. I said, no ticket price, SGG. Let's just invite the people. And we don't need to tell them how the sausage is made. Obviously, there are going to be some people in there making guap that day, selling merchandise. I was like, we'll mm-hmm. figure it out. But we don't need to charge the people. Bring a wallet full of cash to buy some shirts from Ted. When I tell you this man has psychosis, yo, the shirts that this guy has, like I'm going to have to have one last talk with him before it starts. But yo, man, let me make sure there's nothing. Yeah, let me just make sure there's something you can't bring. Because when I see it, he's got so much, guys, it's crazy. So I hope people come out, hang with us for a while. It's going to be a good time. We're going to be safe. Obviously, we'll be keeping an eye on all things COVID-related. So if things are not, you know, it's just two weeks away. So if things are super loose, you know, um, all three of us, and I know Ted, too, we're all vaccinated. Um, Maybe it's still a mask situation when we're talking to people. We'll have to wait and play it by ear. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. See what, you know, this Delta variant. A lot of people who have gotten vaccinated are catching this Delta, boy. It's no joke. But let me not get into a vaccine t- conversation. That's the one thing I, I, I today. People, I, people know what they need to do, man. People know what they. It's it's been a year and a half of this. People know what they need to do, what they should have been doing. Yeah, you know what? In the words of Cast One, though, y'all do what you're gonna do. Yeah. <laughs> um, Classic episode of Ebro in the Morning. Yeah, that was a, a, a class. <laughs> Mail. Pete writes us and says SGG was right for once. Hey, fellas, make no mistake, SGG's take on live crowds is repug. But that crowd at Raw this week tried their hardest to prove his point. I'm from (laughs) Chicago, and I love my city, but my number one pet peeve is the rogue CM Punk chants at every live show here. Throw in the We Want Becky chant at the top of Charlotte's promo, and I literally found myself at home hating the crowd. Please encourage wrestling crowds in Chicago to be better. We have a huge chance to redeem ourselves uh, at AEW Rampage in a couple of weeks. Stay mage, Pete. Thank you, Pete. Listen. Chicago, Chicago's just a lost cause. I'm not even, not even going to hold it against you. It's a lost cause. And, and it, it proves nothing. There's a, there's a lost cause. Yeah, they're, they're a tough one to ever. They're, they're maybe the worst. TJ writes us and says, Sweet Pete, contortionist, and magent. Really loved the great guy movie game, but I'm sorry to say that it was just a few weeks too early for the greatest one of them all. If you haven't seen the trailer for Ryan Reynolds' upcoming film, Free Guy, this is the tagline and even a quote from the film. The world needed a good guy. They got a great guy. The great guy movie (laughs) game is complete. That's the GOAT. 
Take it easy. No, it's true. Thank you, TJ. That is 100% true. Their tagline. Did you see the? No. Yes. They needed They needed a good guy. They got a great guy. That is what it is. Uh, wow. You know what else? We are we are bigger in the pop culture sphere than we thought. Is that true? I'm just going to say that. Go ahead. Tell, I think so. Tell because me. first of all, that tagline, that's us, man. I don't know what anybody else is going to say, but that's us. And then there's a Liberty Mutual commercial. Okay. That pisses me off every time I see it. Why is that? Because they have the emu. That's their mascot. And um, they do a bit at the end where they're standing at the grill. And the dude asks the emu, you want hot dog or chicken? No. That's us, me. The hot dog chicken challenge, that's us. Wow. Nobody wasn't doing that before us, man. That's us. I got to rock that hot dog chicken showdown shirt. It's been too long. Joints classic for the streets. Hey, SGG, do you happen to have um, black power rankings? I do. This one's going to be short and sweet. I had more, but after the interview that we had today... Almighty. With the champ, I'm not even. I'm not even going to disrespect him, and, and make him share the spotlight with anybody else because the last thing I need is an angry Bobby Lashley after after me. Um, I thought I almost poked the bear a little bit with some of those questions, but the last thing I want is Bobby on on my head. So you know what? In at number one, two, three, four, and five, Bobby Lashley, WWE champion, the Dominator, the all. Mighty, the one, the only, the CEO of the Hurt Business, Bobby Lashley. Very good job. I didn't want you to hurt yourself either. Shouts to Bobby no, Lashley no. for coming on. And also, never forget this. Triple H the Undertaker off. <laughs> and, and before we go to, I want to mention before we go, um, he stars as a new wrestling show out, Heels. It We're, premieres this Sunday. Oh, that's, Heels is this Sunday? Heels is this Sunday, the fifteenth. Have you watched uh, the screener yet? Nine p.m. I watched the first two episodes and um, and rave reviews from me. Honestly, it, it's it's great. Even if it's it's really one of those shows too. We man, forgot to like, ask Dip. Dip went you, to the premiere this week. I wonder what Dip thought. You don't have to be a wrestling fan to really enjoy it. Like they have, they really dig into the family drama, and you know, I'm well, good news. Well, good news, show, SUG. But, Everyone listening is a wrestling fan. Confirmed. But no, but what I'm saying is that it's going to be quite easy to convince your significant others to, ah. to get behind this. You know okay. what I mean? Because Mike, Mike O'Malley's executive producer, he did Shameless. Um, he did Survivor's Remorse. So it was also I'm excited. On Stars. Listen, what, it's on Sunday? On Sunday, yeah. I'm excited Michael to watch. Waldron did Loki. That was just on Disney+. Plus. So, I mean. I'm in. I'm going to be watching Heels. I, I hope that I agree with you. You know, we don't always agree on TV. But I am excited about watching Heels on Star. So shout out to Stephen Amell. Um, yes, Alexander Ludwig. CM Punk's in there, right? CM Punk is in there. So a CM lot Punk. of lot of wrestling people in this in this show. So excited for that. SGG, um, I'm heading out on vacation tomorrow, but uh, we'll find a way to do cheap heat next week anyway, right? All right, stay made, P. All right, take it easy, man. Where you going? I am going to North Kakalaki. I'm going to Ric Flair country. Uh, woo! Woo! Is Nate going to be there? 
I mean, him and I do like to party together. You never know. <laughs> I'll stay tuned to your IG stories then. <laughs> A wild bitch might appear. Yeah, that would be that would be something.